Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Seven words that'll scare any politician. Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues. All right, um, this hour we're going to get at um, the issue of electricity pricing in the province of Ontario. And Kathleen Wynne, the Premier, has admitted she's made a mistake, as you know, on electricity initiatives which have resulted in Ontario residents, particularly the rural poor, having to choose between light, heat, food, and rent. In many cases, I uh, read you what uh, was in McLean's magazine last week. Premier Kathleen, just read it again, just a few lines. Premier Kathleen Wynne is calling high electricity prices her mistake sounding a note of contrition on one of the major issues threatening the Liberals' re-election bid in 2018. Amid the usual rallying of the troops of the Ontario Liberals' annual general meeting Saturday, that would be last Saturday, not yesterday, Wynne addressed her poor popularity numbers, which she called the elephant in the room. Quote, I think that people look at me and many of them think she's not who we thought she was. She's become a typical politician. She'll do anything to win. End quote. She goes on to say, frankly, I may have, and I think I sometimes have given them reason to think that. Really? Like when you called us really bad actors, Premier Wynne, on greenhouse gas emissions? Or when you suggested that anybody who questioned the security screening of Syrian refugees by the federal government, you and Premier Cuillard of Quebec suggested there might be racist tendencies? You think that might have registered with people? It certainly did with the former Liberal Premier of British Columbia, Ujjal Dussange, who called you out on it. But anyway, here we are dealing with what we're dealing with, and that is rural Ontarians in the main, but not exclusively, having to, in many cases, make the choice between heat and light, paying for their increasing, rapidly increasing electricity rates. rates. Even you admit that, Premier, that you've been told that by people in this province. I am located in Ontario. Um, and paying for food and paying for rent and maybe adding clothing. They can't pay for everything. So they try somehow to manage their situation. And eventually it can result, it has resulted, and it is resulting in hydro cutoff, electricity cutoff. Now, one of the um, accidental bonuses has been the warmer weather this autumn. And it hasn't caused the kind of uh, rapid decline and uh, low temperatures being consistent. Now, I've spoken twice with uh, Francesca Dobbin, executive director of the Bruce Gray County United Way. She was on air with us last weekend, um, Francesca was, after the premier's mistake statement. And it's Francesca Dobbin who deals with people who are facing these distressing situations. What do we pay for? What can we pay for? People who find their electricity cut off. I read about one couple in Kingston. 
Uh, one of our Global News reporters wrote a story about a, a couple in, uh, in Kingston. The electricity was cut off. They had flooding in their basement, but because the electricity was cut off, their sump pump didn't work. And guess what the result was? A flooded basement. And you know how much of a mess that is to try to clean up. So Francesca Dobbin is back with me uh, on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Hi, Francesca. Good afternoon. Good to talk to you again. Wonderful to talk to you. And it's amazing that the phone works. Mm-hmm. That's the best part. Well, no, the best part is talking to you. But I couldn't talk to you if the phone didn't work. Also, (laughs) we're just having our challenges this weekend with our telephone system. Paula is with me as well. She is one of the Ontarians who is dealing with facing um, these challenges of paying for spiking electricity bills and the other necessities of life. Hi, Paula. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Uh, Francesca, would you just, for the sake of people who may be joining us for the first time or hearing about this maybe for the first or second time, just summarize what the situation is that you're dealing with as far as being the executive director of the United Way of Bruce Gray County is concerned, and what is happening to the people who come to you and say, help. So we run a utility assistance program um, through Bruce and Gray Counties. We uh, run, you know, help people with OESP applications. We do everything related to utilities. And last year, with the 12 months when you put the winter in the middle, between us and all the other agencies, we spent over a million dollars on assisting people with utilities. And this fall, we just I just crunched some numbers uh, for you, just for you, Roy, um, as to what's going on. And we've actually seen, as you alluded to, the, the um, milder winter, you know, we haven't had, we've had a little snow here, but not certainly any cold and 15-degree days in November. So we've seen a 60% drop in the need for union gas, um, which is uh, tremendous. We've gone from 23,000 uh, down to 16,000. It's, it's really quite startling, and um, it's really quite positive. But we've seen a 27% increase in the need for electricity support. So it's not about warmth, per se. It's about just the functionality. And in rural Ontario, the delivery costs are double what they are in urban. Um, before you get paying for any electricity, uh, your bill's $44 in a rural setting, whereas $22 in an urban setting. And that's where rural is extremely disadvantaged on that. And so we, regardless of the weather, which is an, uh, sort of an unexpected boon, the, the need for help to pay for electricity bills remains significant. It's incredible. Um, all we did last week, my staff, I have one staff who's totally full-time on utilities, another staff who supports her, um, and all three of us were working on utility needs all last week. I started working on a fundraising letter because we're desperate for dollars on Monday, and I closed the file Friday without having added any more letters to it, any words to it since Monday afternoon. Uh, we were so busy getting people reconnected um, stopping the disconnect because it just seems a, a, an acceleration going into this December 1st mor- moratorium that Hydro One uh, voluntarily does. The moratorium being they don't cut people off after December the 1st? No, they, uh, Hydro One and Union Gas both don't cut people off uh, um, December 1st through to March 31st. 
Hydro One will put a load limiter on, which reduces your amperages as to how much power you can draw from the system. And the problem for that is when you're in a rural area and you've got a well and maybe you've got a, a well shed that needs some heat in it uh, so that your well doesn't freeze, it's not enough power to do that plus your fridge plus your heat source plus one more thing. So just the necessities of life. Not even the necessities of life. No. So you lose the necessities of life in a Canadian winter. And that brings us to where we were before, when we talked about previously, which concerns you, that someone may die. And indirectly, you've told us somebody has because of this situation. Yeah, it's it's a great risk to our community. This, you know, we, we live in a community that we want safety. I sit on a safe communities with Parachute Canada Committee for the Bruce Peninsula, and we're always looking for ways that, you know, we can reduce health care costs by people not being injured and hurt. And, you know, we got, you know, all this safety equipment with traffic lights and everything like that. But we put people at risk because they're using candles instead of, um, uh, you know, electricity systems or they're using generators, and it's getting a little scary. And they use candles not only for light but also as heat sources. Oh, every time there's a, there's a, a posting that's on Facebook of using tea lights and a plant pot, like a clay plant pot, and it radiates heat, and I just sit there and I'm like, no, don't do that. Um, you know, my, it's, it's, there were a Twitter feed. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, you know, one day this week there was five fires in my Twitter feed from different communities, and I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? <laughs> and things are going to get worse. Things will get worse because the weather is going to get colder, significantly colder. Yeah, we're going to hit this Canadian winter at, at some point. Uh, you know, winter will come. The earth it has tilted and, and the orbits and all that stuff. We will get winter, and then what? And, Francesca, we're talking about two counties in the province of Ontario that you're responsible for for the United Way, right? Yes. Two counties. Not talking about the whole province. We're talking about two counties within the province. 160,000 people. Let me take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Paula. Francesca will stay with us, and we'll talk to Paula about her situation, what the reality of it is. And later in the hour, Ontario Progressive Conservative Party leader Patrick Brown will join us. We'll find out if Mr. Brown as a solution to the Premier's mistake. Stay with us. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at Roy Green Show. Dot com and listen back to uh, any segment we air at RoyGreenShow.com and the podcasts on the web page. Uh, with me are from Bruce Gray County, or the counties of Bruce and Gray in Ontario, Francesca Dobbin, Executive Director of the United Way. And uh, Paula is with us as well. She's a resident of the area. And uh, Paula, you've, you, you know this situation firsthand, uh, up close, dealing with spiking electricity bills and having to pay for other necessities of life uh, for a family. And where's the greatest challenge for you? Is it the electricity bills? It is our electricity bill. Every year um, it runs like clockwork pretty much uh, March around income tax time. We get our bills all caught up. And just over the summer, you know, just whether it be summer, winter, they're just so high. It's hard to keep up with them by the time my husband gets laid off and seasonal work that he does. And by the time January, February comes, 
the bill so high just last year, actually. Um, we almost got cut off, and we got uh, a friend of mine uh, told me to go see the ladies at the United Way, and they very much help us out with a couple of their programs. And if it wasn't for that program, we really don't know what we would have done. So you're sitting there, you're looking at the electricity bill, you're looking at um, either rent or mortgage payments, you're looking at uh, food, you're looking at clothing, you're looking at paying for the basics of getting through life, and the electricity bill is what's taking you into the into, sort of into the into the quicksand. Yes, it is. For the extra we have to pay on the electricity bill, it would be nice to be able to take that money and actually make sure the whole other bill is paid off, rather than have to pay chunks of it and just make sure that the electricity is covered. D- roughly, pr- approximately, how much higher is the electricity bill than it would have been maybe two years ago, the, the, the bills that you're facing now compared to a couple of years ago? Uh, between 40 and $60 more. And that's significant. That, that yes, matters, right? That's, that's, that's a chunk of cash that goes for food and goes for, for, for rent or mortgage and and uh, and what about the hydro companies themselves? What when you what, do you call them and you ask for some some relief, some help, and what do they say? Uh, the fact that they are doing the best that they can, they give it to us at the lowest rate that they can, uh, and that's not much else that they can do about it. Do they threaten you with cutoff uh, verbally? Do they threaten you with cutoff by mail? Is it both? Uh, how does it's that work? Both. Uh, usually you get a couple of calls. Uh, if you don't answer your couple of calls, so you happen to miss them, haven't got back to them yet, it's not long following that a letter is in the mail. And what, the, what does the letter say? Here's a deadline, you pay us by such and such a date, or? That's exactly it. Do you know anybody uh, in your circle of friends and acquaintances, maybe family, who've run into the situation where they actually have had their hydro cut off? Yes, I have, actually. And... Um, Due to, you know, it's we always hate to have to ask family to borrow money and stuff, but uh, luckily my friend, her family was able to help her out. They had just been away on vacation, and the company just wouldn't wait a couple of weeks until she was able to, you know, I could have the money on this date, and they just said, that's too bad, we gave you this date, you'll just have to go through the process of re-getting hooked up and everything, that's just the way it is. Oh, so she, even though she did end up with power again, it was quite an ordeal for her. You know, if people experience a power failure for an hour or a couple of hours, they, they, they you know how your life changes. Oh, very much so. Like, literally, what do you cook? How do you cook? What do you cook? All your food starts Everything to go bad. Everything is all connected through the power. And then imagine uh, suddenly having everything cut off, and you know that it's been done arbitrarily, that the companies cut you off, and you have no prospects without help from perhaps Francesca Dobbin and the United Way, uh, and maybe, uh, I don't know if there are any other social service agencies that, that assist as well, but you have no prospects of having the, the hydro come back on. It's not like you know that there's a crew outside working on the post outside your house getting ready to reconnect. No, they've done exactly the opposite. They've cut you off. Oh, there's got to be many cases that are going through exactly that, I would imagine. What was the situation like for the person or the people you know? Who, how long was their hydro cut off? And that it was cut off for about a month. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, they had friends that you know they could put food in their freezers, stuff like that uh, for heat. Again, the candle situation was very much so. And these are not bad people who were. No, they're just down and out. Just there's. I mean, the cost of living has gone down. Everything else has gone up. 
And if, if the hydro rates had stayed roughly where they were, they'd be able to... Maybe have a chance Maybe at, goodbye. Yes. So the Premier says, Paulette, or Paul, I'm sorry, the Premier says she made a mistake. What would you say to the Premier? Well, thank you very much, but could you possibly pay attention in the future? Yeah, I do wonder what... Francesca, what does the future hold? I mean, I we talked to Ross McKittrick, an uh, uh, economics professor at the University of Guelph on this program who's written for the Financial Post and the National Post, and uh, columns like Ontario Electricity has never been cheaper, but bills have never been higher. And Professor McKittrick makes the point that even if you try to conserve, even if you try to use less because of the contract signed by the government with electricity suppliers, the cost is going to keep on going up regardless of what we do. So what are the prospects for the going forward, uh, Francesca? What do you, I mean, what uh, are they? The government has done some things. They've uh, canceled contracts and they've, you know, canceled a pile of potential new build or proposed new build. Um, so, the, you know, I'm hoping those things will slow um, the rise, you know, the increases down. Um, of course, part of the challenge is that the companies are guaranteed a certain profit level. And so while we are enjoying low-cost union gas right now and low bills because it's not very cold out, what's going to happen in May when they haven't met um, because the consumption is down? That's when things like global adjustment comes in and says, oh, you conserved. Well, we've got to meet our contract obligations, so we're putting the price up. And that's where we have to get back into this and get back into the weeds. Isn't that just terrible? I mean, you know. it really is terrible. So yeah. you do your best to conserve. Um, and as Paula is trying to do and her family is trying to do and others are trying to do, you do your best to conserve. And yet the slush fund, global adjustment, just keeps driving it up. So where's the relief? Yeah, where that's, is that's the what relief? we're looking for. Where's the relief? What's the plan? Um, who's doing what? And, and everybody needs to be in on this. Yeah. Um, everybody needs to be thinking, um, what's the solution? What's the plan going can you uh, Can you both stay a little longer? Sure, I can. Paula, can you stay? A little longer. Okay. I mean, if you're, if you're in a hurry, I understand. I, I actually am expected somewhere for dinner here. Shortly. Okay. Well, why don't, you, why don't you go and do that? And I thank you for joining us. Oh, I much for having me. Okay. Well, Thank you so we'll, much. We'll touch base with you again. Uh, Francesca will stay with us. And I wanted to hear yeah. what, uh, you can You can pot that down now, uh, Lisa. We will, uh, I wanted to hear what uh, Patrick Brown says, the uh, PC leader for Ontario, whose call we're expecting. Then we'll talk more with Francesca Dobbin. And maybe we'll be able to squeeze in a few calls as well. Uh, stay with us on the Roy Green Show on the Corus Radio Network.